All right, happy people. How are you all doing? How's it going? What are things on your neck of the woods? Well, we have a lot to unpack tonight. Um, there's a lot going on. I started talking about it last night, and we have some things that we are going to rehash and remind you all about. And we're going to talk about some things that, you know, are coming up, and we really need you to jump in and support. So, CJ here, and thank you so much for tuning in to the sound of black and brown. So last night I spoke about, I wanna kick it off with what's happened, what has happened and been allowed to happen um, within the department, the Connecticut Department of Corrections. I shared the story of Officer Malak. We have the link posted on our site, uh, Facebook site, Black and Brown United in Action. This officer, we had um, you know, submitted a few FOIAs, freedom of information requests about back in, the 2020. Okay, this is how far back this case goes. Uh, pardon me. And so five days after the attempted coup at the US Capitol, we would find out that the said officer was still continuing to harass inmates and um, his peers, his uh, fellow correction officers, who identified as black, brown, and, you know, um, were Muslim, or also Muslim, I should say. He's a racist, he's a Zionist, period. Now, here's the thing. Um, Black and Brown United in Action, as well as other groups like Stop Solitary, Confinement CT, the ACLU, ACLU Smart Justice, WAMI, have, you know, um, you know, Waterbury Muslims. There's so many of them here, Connecticut, um, all have a vested interest in this particular officer, Anthony Marlack, because of the fact that we had not only shared our concerns prior to the most recent misuse of his power, wherein he and his friends abused an inmate, but also um, previously, I mean, this man just exerted his, his ways and nobody seemed to care. Hmm. I want to start there with that, Manny. How do you feel hearing that? Let me touch base with you real quick on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I had previously said when this first came to my attention, um, the outright abuse of power, of authority, um, is, is something that should not be tolerated nor accepted on any level, right? And in any field. Right, not just uh, politics, right? Not just in the medical field, right? Or even education, but obviously most important in law enforcement, as we've seen in this nation, right? Um, so yeah, no, it, it's something that we should all be mobilizing to hold those who uh, are found to be abusing their power and their authority. Uh, we should be mobilizing to hold them accountable. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that um, because, you know, this person should never have been rehired. So what would happen is after we did that, we wrote our FOIAs, we asked for the information, we did all those fun and exciting things. These people went ahead and rehired this man. I'm not happy, Manny. 
I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. Because there's so many people who um, are looking for work, employable, capable, and they're not getting these jobs. And speaking of that, hmm, since you're here, I mentioned last night, I started to talk about what's happening with the Board of Regents. You want to tell us what's going on with that for the folks who don't know? I mentioned some of it, but I'd like you to provide not only some of a backstory, but what's about to happen. Certainly. Um, so <clears throat> the State Board of Regents uh, convenes um, around the beginning of each fiscal year, right? or rather the end of each fiscal year. Um, and so the Board of Regents, it, for people who don't know even what the Board of Regents is, um, uh, they're usually, think of it as this committee or board as it is, um, that is in charge of making all the executive decisions um, for Connecticut State Universities, for community colleges throughout the state, and for the Charter Oaks. Okay, they oversee all that. Um, so here they are gathering uh, as the fiscal year is coming to a close soon. Um, and they're talking about what fiscal year of 2025 is going to look like. So... We now find ourselves um, on December 6th, um, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, the Finance Committee for the Board of Regents uh, will be convening to decide on whether they're going to, on December 14th, vote for a tuition increase. Um, along with this tuition increase, Okay, um, will be efficiencies. That's what they're calling it. But make no mistake, that's just a fancy word for reductions. Okay, um, the reductions uh, that we are looking at to face um, are um, they will be affecting part time staff members at these again universities, community colleges and the Charter Oaks, okay, um, which means that there will be less course offerings for students, right? Because if you don't have the staff to teach those courses, then you can't offer them. And a lot of those courses, right, either, you know, uh, will play into a student's major or just a course that a student would like to take, right? And they shouldn't be deprived of. Um, there will also be resource reductions, right? Um, so the amount of resources that are going to be allocated to uh, the universities, community colleges, charter oaks. Um, and, you know, so everything that goes with that, right? Everything that you can think of being reduced is pretty much getting <laughs> reduced here. Um, and so December 14th, um, there will be this vote from the Board of Regents. Um, it will be 10 o'clock in the morning at 61 Woodland Street up in Hartford. Um, and, you know, we are trying to mobilize our students because here's the thing. 
here's the thing about this whole situation. You would think that students, as we are going to be one of the, you know, people affected by this vote, uh, you would think that we would be um, aware of this, right? Or that some type of message would be given to us that this thing is happening. There has been no communication to students at all from administration, from the universities, from the state, right? No one. No one has communicated with students that this vote is going to happen or that even it's a thing, right? So with that, we're looking at, I will use Southern Connecticut State University, for example, because I'm a student there. Um, for in-state tuition, we're looking at just a little over $12,000. Okay. That's just too Pause. Pause. I tried to hold it. I tried. I <laughs> Stop laughing at me, man. <laughs> What the fuck? You serious? Now, I want you to give people an idea for those of us who are not in Connecticut. So you're saying these people are actually right now where the price of eggs and the price of cheese competing with each other with milk. They're gonna, and gas, I mean, I forget the gas. Now, it's bad enough nobody no lawmaker said to the utility companies hey listen there was just this worldwide pandemic and people are not working so how about you do not charge for utilities within this time we didn't do that right am i right or wrong man um and then now you you just told me because i know i'm not going that batshit crazy in a time like now where people can't even afford to think the poor people are really really struggling man like you go into the grocery store look at what's spoiling on the shelves man am i the only one seeing this how is it that all these big commercialized you know giveaways and stuff are happening at the stores i know that we're boycotting for palestine but some of these stores were not mentioned and nobody's buying anything. I know you want to raise tuition, right? Manny, can you describe who goes to these schools? Who do you see there? Tell us who goes there. So um, on average throughout the Connecticut State Universities, um, unfortunately, Southern is the only one <laughs> that can even be considered a little diverse. Uh, and yeah, serious, right? And, Say that yeah. part again because people need to hear that, yeah. right? Because that is crazy. So, you're telling me, let me just rewind that sentence. So, you're saying state schools, which by and large, the reason why you go to state school is what, Manny? What's the, what's the point of going to the state school? Because you can't afford the main... a lot of state, correct? Yeah. Right? It's close to home, I could keep my job, whatever else I have going on. I'll get a tuition break and most likely, hopefully, once I graduate, I will float right back into that system in an ideal world, right? Meaning like I'll get a job as a teacher, 
you know, maybe in the legislative office, maybe, you know, at a clinic. Am I right or wrong so far? Yep. yep. All right. So you just said Southern is the only one where there's a level of diversity. So there's this 5% tuition hike. What's the number you just said? $12,000 for what now? Just tuition. Nice. And also there's other things that are going to be affected, right? Because we have what the part-time teachers. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that part. So now I want folks to picture this. So here's this state, you know, these state schools, just to summarize. And a lot of students, um, you know, attend these schools for, you know, they want to fulfill their goal and they want to do it in a way where they could afford it. Or maybe they always wanted to go there. This it's, it's not, you know, it's a preference. Yeah. The point is there's supposed to be a benefit to going to school there and it's supposed to be the tuition. So now the board of regents, despite the fact that the cost of living is increasing and the standard of living is decreasing. Okay. All right. Do people understand what that means? You're paying more money to live in a society you can't enjoy your standard of living. You can't get to work on time because the, the, you know, this light is broken. That's broken. Where you live, this is happening. All of that affects your standard of living people. So with all of that happening, these motherfuckers are really going to sit here and propose a 5% tuition hike, right? They're actually saying this out loud. People can't even afford insurance, Manny. Mm -hmm. There are people who can't even afford insurance. I wonder if we know that. And most of those people are black and brown people, working people. I need people to understand in Connecticut, there is, there is a thing called the working poor. So you're saying that you and others are looking to mobilize. Tell us more about that. What's going yeah. on with that? So, you know, honestly, the, the number one goal here um, that I've been working for, uh, working towards, sorry, is one just to get students informed right because again that was the main problem um is that oh yeah yeah wait pause again let's go back there that's the, I'm sorry not sorry <laughs> now people so the students are going to school and they're happy because let's 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 remind folks of another landmark remember this would be what the first full year where people are going to school in person start to finish no this year was the first one yeah right okay so I finally get to school, I get to go to school in person again. And for those who seem to think that these children don't feel shit, shame on you because some of us are struggling to work from home. So if you're struggling to work from home, how the fuck do you think the kids are feeling? All right. So now y'all are going to school and these people didn't even have the decency to tell y'all anything. So how would you find uh, out? Yeah. So I found out by having a meeting with a representative of the uh, AAUP. Oh, yes, technology. Sorry, but that's not full, folks. I'm not sure what just happened, but we're getting ourselves together here. So let me just recap what we were just talking about. So pretty much the Connecticut Board of Regents, these are the people who are responsible for generally provide an oversight to the management of our state funded schools, they're actually considering this idea of increasing tuition by 5%, which would amount to, as Manny pointed out, 
a $12,000 increase. And from that point, he was just about to share with us to go into some detail because he found this out from talking to someone, you know, it was like a game of telephone, but not to that extent where the story changed. It actually stayed the same. He just got angrier as it went along. So Manny, please continue. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, here we are again, uh, state board of regents, um, is deciding on this vote on whether to do a 5% increase. Um, the in-state tuition as it now stands is $12,000. Uh, this 5% increase, uh, will, it'd be about, uh, maybe, six to uh, probably twelve hundred dollar increase um to you know the in-state twelve thousand dollars wow so do you have an idea just for curiosity in comparison to um other schools how does this compare like can you give us like a benchmark has that been discussed or shared uh as like what are the current tuitions for the other um, yeah, so like, for example, so UNH would not fall in this category, would it? Um, no, the only, the only, you know, oh yeah, UNH wouldn't fall in the category. UConn doesn't fall in the category because it's considered uh, out of the system, even though that makes no sense, but so it stands. <laughs> it has a whole other episode, man. Now you're pushing yeah. it, so keep going. <laughs> so, you know, places like, you know, Yale and UNH and UConn. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The Board of Regents yeah. doesn't oversee them. But, again, they mm-hmm. oversee, you know, the major state universities. They oversee the community colleges, right? And they okay. oversee the charter oak. Um, okay. So, so, you know, this 5%... Like, pick one of those and tell us, if you can, what would be the comparison there, if any, intuition? Yeah. So, okay. in other words, if I'm choosing between, like, Southern and UNH, are they now the same or... You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so... Um, so, for let's take Central State University, right? Um, Central State University, in-state tuition... You're looking at um, around $14,000, okay? Um, out of state, you're looking at almost twenty, okay? Um, now, again, that's as it currently stands, 5% increase. Obviously, in-state would probably go to almost 15000 and then out of state, maybe 21000 around there, Okay. UNH um, tuition, uh, as it currently stands, um, for a New Haven resident is fifteen and a half thousand. Okay, for an out-of-state resident, it's thirty-five thousand dollars. Okay, so about double uh, what it would be for an in-state. Uh, right. Wow. But with this change, does that number decrease now, right? There's going to be a difference. For a uh, decrease in, for UNH tuition? No, no, no. Meaning like the, the gap, the difference oh, in yeah. the tuition. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you would be, so let's say a high school student, right? A high school senior who is looking to like go into college, okay? Um, and they're trying to weigh out what's more expensive. Yeah, that that gap 
between what would be, you know, central state university versus, you know, a private university like UNH, right? Yeah, it's going to be much smaller than like when I applied, you know? Um, and, and then there you go, right? There, wow. There's the problem right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, here we are. Um, and you have these very, very uh, crucial, it is, it's very crucial changes uh, that will be happening to uh, higher education entities, right? Um, and to students who are currently attending these universities and colleges have had no type of updates, right? Have no type of communication uh, from our admin, from the universities, right? That this is even happening, okay? So when we come back, you know, for our, what would be my sophomore year, but, you know, what could be another person's junior year or whatever, I go and come back next year and we look at our bills, right, <laughs> for tuition and stuff, and we see that it is more expensive, okay? How many students are going to wonder why, right? But obviously have had no notion that is because of this vote from the Board of Regents, right? And they probably even ask why and probably will still get no explanation, right? So this is what, you know, we're trying to do right now is inform students, like, listen, this is happening, right? As I'm having this conversation with you, there's these people. I mean, can I ask you this as you're talking about talking to the students what has that response been like like walk us through what that has been like has it been one oh, where students are living been able to, really are students yeah. open to listening to this like have you had any difficulties with people you know taking a minute to listen no not at all you know and and, okay. and that that tells you right right like how seriously they take this right because again it's correct money that's coming either from them, right, that they're having to take up a job or two jobs on top of college, right, to pay for, or, you know, money that's coming from their families, right? And so, you know, so far from conversations I've had with students, right, I've heard different stories and, and all, you know, make me more mad that this is happening, but also makes me sad because I've heard, I've heard stories like, well, I came here, you know, to, to this university um, because my family couldn't afford any other, right? But they wanted me to go to college, okay? Um, and then, you know, and then now they're hearing that it's going to get more expensive, okay? Wow. I, I, wow. I really yeah, I was just about to ask you, what has that been like, like? You know, like having to tell folks this, you know? Yeah. My God. And aren't there a lot of like college students who are also working now, like more than before, I would assume? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, and you know, yeah. the number one job I, I come across is they are now working at Amazon. 
Really? What you have to stand is, we're talking about shifts like six in the evening to six in the morning. And then they have classes. Right. You know, eight in the morning, nine in the morning. Right. So, you know, it's like, where's the time for sleep? Where's the time for self-care? They don't have it. They don't have it. And then you have to go to class. You have to be attentive. And then I would assume with these cuts, I, what what what's in the back of my mind now as you're, you know, I'm listening to you describe this shit. Um, I'm wondering out loud, what about the quality of education? Exactly. So now <laughs> I'm talking about like, the part-time staff. Okay. The, 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 those professors, right? <clears throat> We're talking about courses, right? Um, either they can be electives, like I said, you know, uh, courses that a student just wants to take because they, you know, just just want to have that experience, right? Have that bit of knowledge in that particular thing, right? Or even some courses that, again, are, are important to their majors, right? The degrees that they're trying to get. But as we all know, as we've seen in, in our high schools already. Right? I was just about to say. If you don't have the staff, right? You can't make it happen. Those and wait, let's let's jump over to something really quick. You have a little experience with the high schools not having resources. Absolutely. Listen, I my senior year of high school, I had a math class with no teacher the entire year. So how this kids? Never mind. No business. So now on top of all of that, right? If you made it through that, this is what I mean. And I'm so glad that you're on the show to help share that experience because I I don't know if people really understand what it really said. And it gives them that spirit as a Right? Yeah, absolutely. But have you spoken to any like teachers about this uh, from the schools? Have you gotten any feedback from them? What are they saying? Yeah. So listen, the, the teachers are equally mad, right? They're mad. Mm -hmm. They themselves are talking mm -hmm. to administration and they're literally, literally pleading administration. You know, as to don't do this. Yeah. Not t one. Why are you not communicating that this is happening to the students, right? Right. It should be coming from administration. Correct. So they're arguing with the administration about that. And then two, obviously they're arguing with the Board of Regents themselves. Mm -hmm. saying, Why are you doing this? Like you don't understand. Let me ask you this. Do you happen to know? Not sorry to cut you, but do you happen to know when was the last time these teachers got a raise? And if so, how much and when? Oh jeez. That mm. is some Oh, that is a whole different mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. So many of our educators have gone, I kid you not, years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Years with their raises frozen. Mm -hmm. okay. Frozen. That's mm -hmm. a that these educators, yeah, their pay raises are put on freeze. Right? They're frozen. And it's been for years. Right. Okay. We're talking about high school teachers and professors, right? Right. Um, but I would imagine because I think I think that's something else that people don't realize, right? Like these teachers are already under resourced. 
Absolutely. right? They're not being fully supported. You know, these folks are not even getting the training, you know, the uh, continued education training that they should be getting. Let's not forget that piece. Um, and, you know, now you're talking about a 5% tuition increase. So my understanding is, as you mentioned, you're getting the students together. Is there anything that's coming up that folks should be aware of if they want to get involved? Yes, absolutely. So, like I said, December um, 14th, the Board of Regents uh, convenes. This will be, they will be discussing and voting on the 5% tuition increase. Um, what we are trying to do is trying to get students to fill up the public commentary slot. Okay, because they have one. Um, go figure, go figure this important detail, that the public commentary slot is only 30 minutes. Okay. What? Yeah, yeah. So you're telling me they're only given the public 30 minutes. Everybody from the public have right. to speak in 30 minutes. That's fucked up. Exactly. That's fucked up. Exactly. Okay, keep going. So each person, they allow three minutes to speak. To go figure, if each person takes three minutes, that's 10 people. <laughs> okay. But anyways, so it's happening at 10 o'clock in the morning. At 61 Woodland Street in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Um, there is a event that uh, is happening before that on December 12th. Uh, it will be a roundtable discussion with several legislators. Uh, this will be held at Southern Connecticut State University. It will be inside... Connecticut Hall, um, and this will be from 12 o'clock in the afternoon to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, people from the public and students um, are encouraged to uh, attend that. Let me ask you about that really quick. For this, you said, do you describe this as a round table? Tell us more what you mean. Is this going to be like SCSU staff? facilitating or what is that going to look like yeah so <clears throat> this this is an attempt to you know for students and staff and of course you know we're inviting the public um to have this space where you know we're trying to make our case to the legislators as well right about the five percent tuition increase and all the reductions uh that are expected to come Right, and we're trying to get them to, you know, do something about it, right? To also and put put their uh, voices alongside ours, right? And letting the border regions know to not do this. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of will be facilitated by you know um, Southern staff, um, but you know it, it's just to create that space uh, for us to. Pretty much demand action from our legislators. But they will be. The point I'm trying to drive here is that they are looking for the community to come out. It's not going to be like, well, here we are. Here's our idea. They want to hear the communities come out and say something, right? Because people need to say something. 
Yeah. You know, you, like you said, you're going to open that bill and you're going to fall the fuck over and you're going to wonder what just happened here. So here's your chance. Now, I have a question, right? In terms of, you mentioned going back to the meeting on the 14th with the Board of Regents. So folks, there's two different things happening here. There's a round table that's happening at Southern Connecticut State University out here in Connecticut. And it will be at the Connecticut Hall from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., right? And that will be happening on December 12th. So that's not that's about a week away, right? Two days later on December 14th is when the Connecticut Board of Regents will sit, discuss, and vote on the suggested 5% tuition increase, right? So folks, if you want to get involved there, we need students especially to step out, step up and step out. That meeting is taking place at 10 a.m. at 61 Woodland Street, Hartford, but here's the thing. There's only 30 minutes for public commentary. Can't tell me that's not by design. My humble suggestion is show up with signs because they can't shut a sign up. Now, tomorrow, December 6th, the Finance Committee for the Board of Regents is meeting. So this committee is going to decide on whether they will vote on this so they're putting it up. This is the conversation to discuss if it goes up for a vote, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, any thought on reaching out to them tomorrow or no? Should people reach out to them? So, I mean, you know, we what, what, what we've gathered from them is, you know, this is pretty much just a formality meeting between them. They already have their, their conclusion set that they're going to have that be a thing on December 14th, right? Mm. Uh, this is just them convening to formalize that. So what you're telling me is these people basically already decided this is an agenda item, right? So what, did they miss each other or something? Yo, adults will do some real dumb shit at times. So, okay, so, <laughs> so, is it not feasible if people want to have their voices heard? They can't show up, you know, for whatever reason. Because bear in mind, you know, and you know this, people work as you pointed out. A lot of college students actually work at Amazon. Hmm. And that's very interesting. That's a whole other episode by itself, but. Um, aside from that, there are people for different reasons, mobility, you know, maybe, you know, they have mobility issues, disabled, time, access, whatever. Can they reach out to the Board of Regents? And if so, do you know if they can do that, A, and B, who would they reach out to? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you can reach out to the uh, to the Board of Regents. Um, this is usually done uh, via, I mean, email. Um, though, do they actually check the emails? Eh, most likely not. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, if, it's, yeah. if, if 15 people send an email, I dare say, if they start seeing that people are, you know, reaching out, I think they'll have to pay attention. So I think we should put that up in the universe and let folks take that on. You know, I do think if you can, maybe Manny, you and I, after this, 
you and I could talk about maybe creating some type of something, you know, uh, where folks could just share their thoughts with the border regions, right? Because this should not be happening. This should not have gone as far as it has gone. I mean, the fact that they have confidently said that this is already an agenda item is concerning to me. Um, so, you know, the Chancellor of the Board of Regents uh, is Clarence mm -hmm. Payne, um, and you can reach him via phone uh, or via his email. Mm -hmm. I will say it, but I will also put it into the chat. Uh, the phone number mm -hmm. for him is 860-723-0010. And who is he in this picture? He is the Chancellor of the Border Region, so he's pretty much the president. He's the big, and heavy. Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and then his email, it will be CSCU dash president at ct.edu. Uh, what do you want people to reach out to him and say? So you can reach out to him, um, again, if you're a student. Yeah, if you're studying, you know, what what university or college are you from, right? Um, you know, let him know. I am opposed to uh, passing a five percent tuition increase um, and uh, doing uh, reductions, right? to the universities across the state, right? That, that's pretty much the main message. You can personalize it, right, to your own story. That's always great. Um, but if you don't want to put your personal story out there, then that's okay. Um, and you can just, you know, uh, tell them, you know, I'm so-and-so from whatever university. Um, or if you don't want to put that, that's also fine. Um, but you know, that you are in opposition and you're calling on the Board of Regents to not pass the tuition increase and um, reductions. Thank you, Manny, for that. I mean, this is really important, people. All right. It's really, really important that you make sure that we oppose this. That 5% increase, that's a lot of money in tuition. Especially when, you know, if you're like us and you're looking at what's going on around the world, the attack on the youth, as I said to you all last night, is disgusting. Why are we so committed to ethnic cleansing? And, you know, a tuition increase, in my opinion, is a form of ethnic cleansing. Speaking of ethnic cleansing, so your friend Chris Humphrey, over the weekend, Senator Chris, uh, I said Humphrey, Murphy, your friend, Senator Chris Murphy, sorry about that, was confronted by um, some folks who would like for a ceasefire to be called. And this is something that pisses me off because folks, we just spoke about that jackass 
from the Connecticut Department of Corrections Officer Anthony Marillac, who should have never been rehired at all. We just talked about the proposed tuition increase for the Connecticut State Universities. What the fuck, 5%? That's crazy. And then we have Chris Murphy, Senator Chris Murphy, who, by the way, has big hopes and dreams of being the president of the United States one day. Just so you know, in case you missed it. And in case you didn't know, you could go check his page yourself, Chris Murphy's page, right? Because he's sitting up there talking about being anti-gun violence and he cares about immigrants and refugee. He cares so much. What a savior. But yet when approached by the crowd, he ignored them. They know how to do that. They know how to play the game. How do you feel about that, Manny, knowing that? Hearing that as a young leader who's looking to be in that space one day. Because I found that to be disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I think all elected officials have a responsibility and an obligation to um, obviously have difficult conversations with their constituents, right? Just because the conversation is difficult, just because the topic is difficult, um, doesn't mean that you uh, forfeit, right, that obligation that you have. Because that's what it is. You have an obligation to hold conversations with your constituents, right? Even if you disagree, if you have a entirely different standpoint, whatever that case, that that's that's beside the point, right? You still need to have that conversation with them. I mean, again, these are the people that elected you. You're serving them, okay? Um, so, yeah, you know, regardless of whatever position you are, local, state, federal, your constituents are demanding a conversation with you. Yeah, you, you, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but kind of suck it up and and you need to go out there and, and have a conversation. Manny, he can't, he comes out, right? And here are these protesters and they're like chanting, you know, you know how that goes, right? And, he he acts as if he's a friggin' celebrity. Bro, they didn't come here to get your autograph, man. They came here demanding action because to me, I'm personally offended by people like him, in particular, Rosa DeLauro, right? The ones who say, Richard Blumenthal, that they care about gun violence when it's convenient. And you see what's happening in Palestine. I mean, Manny, you yourself have shared, and I, I've said it very openly to you. I don't expect you at your age to have um, a strong opinion. Okay? I genuinely don't because you haven't lived that much life yet. You, you don't know. You're still figuring it out. I would be appalled if you had. Right? I never said you didn't have an opinion. And you also said that as well, that you had an opinion. You wanted to stop. You're only 18 years old, and you're headed for the same office. But look at look at what you're saying, though. Don't you see? That's what makes you so amazing. The fact that, despite that you, you know, you have your view of, you know, you have nothing to say about this and this. But the ceasefire piece, could we do that? And you even have said, shared before that you would be willing 
to go bold with that if you were in their positions, wouldn't you? Right? In the sense of you're willing to tell people, look, you know, we have to, you know, um, we, we have to, we have to pay attention here. We have to see what's happening. How many more young people? We have children bearing their parents and parents bearing their children. Right. It's disgusting. And to know that back here in Connecticut, those of us who could live to see another day, we're denying our young people their tuition. What the fuck, Connecticut? Manny, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm genuinely sorry. And, you know, I mean, seeing Chris Murphy brush off the protesters, I mean, here's this guy with all this power and privilege. And I shared this last night. What people don't know is people like Chris Murphy in particular, those types of legislators, white saviors, they proudly stand and say that they care about this, that, the weather, the baker, the candlestick maker, you name it, they care about it. But in truth and in fact, when it comes down to moments like these, look at what's going on. I was sharing last night, Manny, as well. I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary on Victoria's Secret, right? And if you look into um, who funds... And, and that part of Victoria's Secret, you'll find out that the uh, creator, one of the main creators of Victoria's Secret, a billionaire, not only supported people like Jeffrey Epstein, but is also a loyal, confident supporter of the IDF, meaning he's very willing to fund war. Now, I brought that up because not too long ago, they commercialized our existence with this thing that they like to call Black Friday, because, you know, in America, we like to buy black things. But in, shh, nobody's laughing because it wasn't funny. And I meant that. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that every time, this time of year, when that particular store, Victoria's Secret, it's one of those stores where you'll just see masses and masses and masses and masses of people pounding on the doors, Manny, to get it. And to know that that money you were spending was funding war. How do you feel hearing something like that, Manny? as a younger aspiring leader uh, i think that many times uh, we don't realize how you know we, we just on a day to day might inadvertently and and is designed that way, right? I mean, that's that's very much a true statement. Um, mm -hmm. The public for so many things are often blind or just really kept so out of like uh, tune with what's really happening, right? Um, so that yeah you know what we think is just something that's so normal and i mean just surface level you know comprehension and we know what's what and then it takes for someone to kind of peel back the layer right and let us know what's under that surface level comprehension and only then do we realize whoa wait 
hold on, you know, what I thought I knew about such and such, right? Turns out, yeah, there's about 15 layers underneath that, you know? And it's, it's unfortunate that that's the story for so many things here in this country, right? Is that we think we have full comprehension, but we only have surface level comprehension, right? Uh, and uh, so many things that, again, we wouldn't think twice about, right? Uh, has so many layers underneath. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very sad thing, you know, because I, I feel like when you figure out just how many things really has those layers, you kind of enter this space and this kind of uh, thought process, right? Of, well, geez, like what, what is, you know, uh, like <laughs> it's hard to, to even think about. Yeah. What yeah. I hear you. It's hard to verbalize. Right. It really is something that's hard to verbalize. Keep going. So much, you know, and it's like mm -hmm. you feel like you don't know anything anymore, and you can't take anything at face value anymore. And that is like such a stark reality. Well, there's no more heroes. Remember, we talked about that too, because we're getting let down all over the place. I mean, look at uh, your friend Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, and I wonder if people know a decade ago, Nelson Mandela pledged his solidarity with Palestine. That's pretty heavy when you think about it. You see what I'm saying? Some things just never changed. Right. And that's pretty much what you're saying. I mean, it's just like, why are we letting this go on and on and on? Right. Why are we, Manny? What's wrong with us? You think why are people mad about certain things like and why would places institutions like the border regions so skillfully work at keeping a possible tuition hike secret that's dangerous to me what are we not doing manny tell me you're the younger soul It's the fact that for too long, uh, so many people, and I'm not going to say everyone because it's not everyone, but a lot, a lot of people uh, have been satisfied uh, with a level of complacency that has been so severely dangerous. Okay. And that complacency has allowed for these types of patterns, these cycles, these habits, okay, from these people in power to be sustained and retained, okay? And here we are, right, in my generation, and we're reaping the effects of that complacency 
from the generations before us. And you're damn right. Pause right there. Hold that thought. Hold it. Another thing relative to Connecticut, Manny, Cassie. Cassie, the pop star, and what's happened to her. Okay. The violence against a young girl that was ignored for the exact same reason you just described. I grew up in that era. I grew up listening to Mason Diddy and all that. And to find out that these men were so violent to women and abusive is disgusting. But nobody said anything when this young lady was, well, cause I always, you know, wondered why the fuck would somebody, she's a cute girl. Easy on the eyes. Like, what are, you, what are you doing with him, man? I'm sorry. I didn't see I didn't see the connection, Manny. And then to find out that years later, this poor child was being groomed, which is another thing that happened and is happening. And I think people need to understand the ethnic cleansing is real. What we're doing to our kids is fucked up in all different ways is, is the point I'm trying to make here. I mean, listen to what you talked about. You talked about from a tuition hike. We have you with a tuition hike. We have the incarcerated youth dealing with fucked up correctional officers who are Zionist, racist, and abusing their power. We have, um, you know, institutions sitting on and saying, yeah, well, nobody's paying attention and they're so caught up with that. We're just gonna go over here and raise this tuition real quick while cutting shit back, right? It's insane. And then you had to deal with all of this shit, just like she had to deal with the repercussions of people ignoring what Puffy was doing before. So you see what I'm trying to say here? You know what I mean, Manny? Like, yeah. our yeah. generation, my generation, what I'm trying to say is, you're, you're Gen Z, right? My generation was fucked up, for real. We're still healing. A lot of us still need to address ourselves and heal. We're not good at that yet, I think, right? But y'all endured a lot of shit, man. Like you were just recently mentioning the mishandling of funds at Hill House High School in New Haven, Connecticut. How the fuck do you get close to three quarters of a million dollars and there's no resources, there's no bus trips. You even shared like the things that could have been done with that money. What the fuck is going on? Why are we all so committed to destroying our future? Manny, you as Gen Z, can you answer that question for me? Do you have an idea? Or did you even see it that way? Because that's how I see it. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, <clears throat> it, it's, it's, again, it's like the people in power, right? The people in authority, the people who are supposed to be overseeing these things and using the resources, right? allocated to students and to schools right uh and you're supposed to be using it for their benefit and yet it doesn't happen and so what's the result so many students end up going through in this particular instance high school right with all the difficulties that are already present before them, right? But wait, I want to jump in and add another one because I want people to really get it. Y'all, his generation, we're talking Gen Z, 
Because my son described this to me one day and it broke my heart. So many of those kids in the black and brown neighborhoods are from single parent broken homes, all kinds of shit going on. Low income, barely making it, working poor. It's not a pretty sight. So imagine you dealing with that at home and your solace is supposed to be your education. You go there, the fucking ceiling falling in. And then I find out that you had how much money and you didn't take us on a what? You mean you couldn't take us to the movies one time? Nothing? Wow. Keep going. Right. And so, you know, on top of the difficulties that they already face, right, outside of school, okay, like you just said. Um, and so, obviously, the um, lack of resources that they are already dealing with, that they are already familiar with, right? Uh, so many students come to school because it is the only place where they can have a better experience, right? It is a safe space for them, right? It is a place where they can just breathe, right? A sigh of relief, right? A positive experience. And so here are these thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, really, of dollars that are meant for them. It's not meant for anyone else. It's meant for them, right? To improve. Supposed to be. Supposed yeah. to be. And I'm mad yeah. because I'm listening to you and I'm getting angry because I'm one of those people who was out there protesting for this money, man. So that's real fucked up that to know the money was there. Y'all just didn't want us to have it. That's fucked up. And then now, when you thought that wasn't disgusting enough, here comes the Board of Regents. The fuck? I mean, here's the problem I see here in Connecticut, right? Because, Manny, we're supposed to be brilliant people out here. We like to study everything. You understand? We study here. We study racism. We're studying housing but we don't study ourselves. Look at all this shit happening right friggin' here. You all seen what happening in Palestine. Come on, man, come on. They're killing kids. Why are we doing the same to ours? Why are we doing that? I told you all already, I didn't like the fact that, you know, people acting like these kids miss school because they just didn't feel like being there. Nah, 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 nah. Put down your cup of privilege, man. That's not how that goes. All right, Manny, we got to continue on this. And Manny, I just want to thank you on behalf of everyone. Seriously, because you could have been doing anything else. And not only did you come on the pod tonight to update us on what's going on with the Board of Regents, but you're out there and you're doing this work. And on behalf of everybody, I appreciate you. All right, we're here for you. Your thank work you. is great. and. We look forward to seeing you in leadership. Guys, we need to really support, empower, and protect Manny. Understand what I'm telling you all. This kid has a real brilliant future. Let's not fuck this up. We already fucked up a lot, in my opinion. So Manny, before we close out tonight, you have any closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, day by day, um, we 
have so many issues and problems uh, that we all face and that we all have to deal with. Some issues affecting uh, certain groups more than others. But there is one commonality I've come to learn throughout the years is that every single one of us knows and is very familiar um, with the one factor that I feel every human in this world knows all too well. And that is pain. We all know it. We've all had our fair share of it, right? Different circumstances, different scenarios. But along with that commonality is one more, right? That goes in tandem with that. And it is resilience. We all have had to be resilient for one reason or another. And through that resilience, you have come out on the other side. And so I feel as though, whether it's facing the Board of Regents, whether it's facing elected officials who are not doing what they're supposed to do, or whether it's law enforcement who abuses their authority and power, right? or any other issue that this world faces. Resilience. That is the one thing that when united under, we have seen time and time again, it has led to monumental accomplishments and victories. But it all took for people united to be resilient in the face of oppression, in the face of pain, right? In the face of all odds put against you, resilience. And so I only offer that despite what you may be going through, and I will never take away credit, right, or discredit um, from the severity of what someone might be going through. But if there's one thing I will tell you is just to hold on just a little bit longer. Because though you may not see it, though it may be difficult to see, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way out and where you will come out so much stronger, right? So there will be people like me, CJ, Three-Fifths, Amy, and so many more amazing individuals, right? We will all be doing what we can to help you see that light at the end of the tunnel, right? Or if you can't see it, we'll break down the wall that might be in front of you so that you can just get the glimmer of light at the very least. But know that you have the potential to enact the greatest changes this world has ever seen.
And if no one believes in you, I will be the first and will consistently tell you, I believe in you. I don't have to know you. I don't have to ever meet you. But I believe in you. And so with that, I will continue being on the front lines, getting on the nerves of anyone that I need to get on the nerves on. <laughs> because all it takes is to step out of your boundaries and into someone else's <laughs> to get some things to happen. Soon, I will be going for elected office. I ask for your support, for your belief. But not just blindly. I hope that I earn it. I always make that case. Only support me, only believe in me, if you feel that I have earned it. Because only then will I know that all the support that comes before me is because of the work that I have done and because people want to be part of it. So together, together, together is how we will make tomorrow that much better, not only for ourselves, but for the future generations to come. Please, please remember those who find themselves in less fortunate circumstances than you and I. I think about the children on the other side of the world from us, never knowing what peace sounds like, never knowing what it is to wake up to the sound of birds chirping. Please remember them and those who have lost their lives. Again, you have the power to enact the greatest changes in the world. And I'm here for it. You know, this is why I always smile when this kid is on. You know, uh, you know, admiration, respect, all of that. I could hear MLK saying, the time is always right to do what is right while you speak. Mm -hmm. He also said your ignorance is their power. Folks, the fact that we're here to complain about it all is a privilege. So let's be smart about that. I hope you all can stick around and join us for a moment of silence for those in Palestine. O oh Allah, help and protect the people of Palestine. O oh Allah, ease their pain and suffering. O oh Allah, bestow of mercy, bestow your mercy on them. O oh Allah, open people's heart 
to give in this time of crisis. O oh Allah, help those who are in need, wherever they may be. Let me tell you some people, there's a lot happening. And together we could do so much. Manny spoke about resilience. I'm gonna say this to my black and brown people, loud and proud. We were built on self-determination. Don't disappoint your ancestors, all right? The time is always right to do what is right. We can't thank you all enough for your continued support, encouragement, and empowerment. We really, really appreciate it. And, you know, we appreciate Gen Z and all who come on the pod, take the time to come out here, share their thoughts, amplify the voices. We got to look out for Manny. He's one of those young leaders. We got to show him that the community will show up and stand by. All right. Whoever you are, whoever you're with, if nobody told you, you're amazing. And take a minute for yourself, maybe even more. Go watch some bad TV. Soak your feet. Spoil yourself for a few minutes. You deserve it. Take a breath. You need to take a breath. There's a lot going on out there. You can see by how people are driving. Tensions are high. All right. And, you know, it's that time of year when people do a lot of self-harm and look at themselves in ways and, you know, a lot of negative things. So let's try to be a light. Sometimes, it, you know, it's a little hard, I know. But just know that you will be all right, all right? So wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you're doing, thank you for tuning in. And that's all for now. Till next time, fist up, smile on. Peace, CJ.